Take your Bible, if you would please, to turn with me to the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter number one this morning. We're going to leave off of our studies in Mark for the holiday and try to talk about uh, this year and next year and so forth and so on. We'd like to welcome all of you that are joining by way of live stream, especially my wife, who's wanted to watch a TV program this morning, so she stayed home and uh, playing sick. And so uh, I hope she's better by the time I get through, or it will be quick chicken for me. (laughs) And all of you are joining by way of radio. We're so glad you're joining us today. We're excited about the year 2013. Uh, We'll be building the bigger part of that year. The uh, contractor said that he could build our building in 270 days, about nine months. Uh, And so that will be after the city of Burleson gives us our permit. So we'll be building a lot this year. There'll be... uh, There'll be restrictions on what part of the property we can go on, and they'll be building parking lots, and then they'll be tearing down and pulling out and placing uh, about 138 new parking spaces to the south, and then a lot of uh, construction will be going on. I, I pray that you'll be patient with us as we... It would be a little bit difficult finding certain classrooms, certain areas of the church as we build 21,000 square feet of educational space to help us. And we'll be building it right on this building here. And uh, so I know that there will be trials and situations throughout the year. And uh, you don't build a $2.5 million building without some difficulties. We built this one. There was no difficulty at all with this one. Uh, it was just, I walked in one day and the balcony was four feet off the floor. And I said, Billy, are we building a church for midgets? <laughs> and uh, right after that, we fired the, the architect because something was off just a little bit. And um, every contractor, subcontractor that we hired during this building, I think except one went bankrupt. (laughs) So we had to do a lot of the work ourselves, but this time it's all, all taken care of. We won't have to do anything except just put up with the inconvenience of going around the building instead of going straight in. So I pray that uh, this next year that you will be patient with us as we grow and try to do more for God than we've ever done before. In your Bible to the book of Daniel, if you would please, Daniel chapter number one. And uh, I know you know the setting of the book. Nebuchadnezzar has, has invaded Jerusalem and has destroyed the city and has carried off captive most of the city. He carries off uh, the most intelligent, the sharpest, the most apt to uh, succeed young men and took them back to Babylon. The purpose for this is Babylon had absolutely conquered the known world in that day. Uh, 
And so Nebuchadnezzar needed Jewish young men that he could train and then send back to the providences that he had, he had conquered and get them to rule that for him. So he brought the sharpest of the sharpest back. And the Bible takes up in verse number seven, it talks about called the young men and the chiefest. And he said, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names. For he gave unto Daniel the name of Belteshazzar, to Hananiah of Shadrach, to Mashael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. A 16, 17-year-old lad in a foreign country relating to one of the highest politicians in the area. And he said, I will not drink the wine and I will not eat the portion of the king's meat. Because in doing that, I will defile myself. And the Bible says that he purposed in his heart not to defile himself with a portion of the king's meat. Now, I'm not going to talk today about the area of defilement. Because all of us are living in a world that is filled with things that would defile us. In the sight of God. There is no doubt about that. I am not going to talk to you about things that defiled us last year. Because most of us uh, gave in to a few of them. Now could you say amen? Uh, If you have not stumbled just a little bit in 365 days. Please come forward during the invitation and touch me. I need some of your holiness. And I'm not going to spend any time talking about we who have failed this past year because all of us have. Please do not point your finger at somebody who has made a mistake or has had an incident and say, "Uh you are just as guilty. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Is that not so? Well, I'm glad you're in church today. Boy, you need it. No, you need it worse than them for judging them for not being here. So let's just get off our hobby horse and our our religious high horse and just not worry about what took place last year. Put it under the blood, ask Jesus to forgive it, and it's all gone. But we need to look forward to next year. How are you and I? Going to come out of next year victorious. Just another day or two, we'll be in 2013. And it'll be just 365 days later, we'll be in 2014. Now, how are you and I going to enter this next year and make sure that we come out of this thing victorious 
on God's side with God's blessings. Notice if you would please in verse 8. Let me please show you just one verse. And the Bible says, and Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not. Now, if he purposed that he would not, I'm sure he purposed that he would do certain things. Could I please speak with you just a moment, and it's not going to be very long, on the power of purpose. The power of purpose. The reason Daniel was a success in his life is because he had purpose in his life. Most folk are just here and they're going to let time and circumstance and situation control their life. You don't do that. You control the circumstances in your life, if you do not, you will become a victim of your circumstance. You know, kids, you need to purpose in your heart that you're going to do certain things and not do certain things. And the adults and parents need to do that too. The Bible said he purposed in his heart. Now, let me give you the difference of a conviction and a preference according to the Supreme Court of the United States of America. A preference is a strong belief held with great strength, they say. You can give your entire life in a full-time way to the service of a preference. And can also give your entire material wealth in the name of that belief. You can also energetically proselyte others to your preference. You can also want to teach this belief to your children. And the Supreme Court may still rule that it is just a preference. A preference is a strong belief. But a belief that will change. A preference is a strong belief. But a strong belief that will change under the right circumstances. Such as peer pressure. Well, I don't know why them kids did that. Because of the strong pressure of peer pressure. Or a preference may change under family pressures, under lawsuits, or maybe jail. That'll change a lot of our preferences. I remember when I started my jail ministry at the age of about 17. And when I heard that Doors shut. And the click of the lock, I surrendered to be a policeman the rest of my life. <laughs> That'll change you. Amen. Or the threat of death. 
A conviction, though, is a belief that will not change regardless of the situation. Whether it be family, peer pressure, jail, or death. A preference will change. But a conviction will not change. Why? Because a man believes that his God requires him to be so. Daniel did not have a preference. Because what Daniel did, he got from God. Daniel's purpose of heart could not be bent by the whims of peer peer pressure. It could not be bent because of family. It could not be bent because of jail or incarceration or even death. Daniel had a conviction, not a preference. Conviction on the inside will always show up on the outside. And to violate a conviction, according to the Supreme Court of the United States, it would be a sin. I didn't know anything would be a sin to the United States. Someone has said... A belief is what you hold, and a conviction is what holds you. So Daniel had something holding him. Sitting at his feet was the king's delicacies, was the king's promotion, the king's finery. Everything that anybody could want in Daniel's day, Nebuchadnezzar could supply it. And Daniel sat there and they said to Daniel, here is what the king would have you to eat this next year. Here is what the king would have you to do this next year. And Daniel said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But we don't go there. We don't do that. We don't entertain that. He purposed in his heart. May you not dwell on the negative where it says not to defile himself. Please major on if he purposed not to, he purposed to do some things. In Acts 11 and verse 23, Barnabas encouraged the church at Antioch that with purpose of heart, they would cleave unto the Lord. Would to God this next year of 2013 that we with purpose of heart would learn to cleave unto the Lord. Uh, That's what this is all about. Being a success was no accident with Daniel. Being promoted to the second most powerful individual in all the realm was no accident. 
His life was not without ups and downs. Has any of you had any ups and downs this year? How many have had more downs than ups? Daniel has not achieved what Daniel achieved was because of no ups and downs. He was forced to break his dietary convictions. And for that, a Jew was not to eat certain things. And they said, if you'll just eat these fine, Daniel said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but the meat that you're eating probably was offered to idols. Besides that, some of the meat you're eating is behind the hand, the front quarters. Uh, it's not legal for me to eat that. It's not kosher. It would be religiously against my not preference now. Convictions. Now, preference is not worth dying for. How long you guys have sideburns is not worth me dying for. Dear God, if I could grow any hair, I'd grow it. Somebody said, preacher, what do you think about long hair? I think it's great. I think any kind of hair would be great. <laughs> Amen, buddy. It's terrible when you got to get your kid to Photoshop your picture sitting on the deal because it's blending into the white on the platform and all you can see is just one great big nothing. What do I think about long hair? I love it, man. But Daniel says, now look, I'd rather not do this and and I'm not going to do it. Uh, I'll say it in the right attitude, Daniel. I think Daniel was uh, right in his attitude. I, I don't think he was caustic in his answer. I just think Daniel had already decided what he was not going to do and what he could do on his way to Babylon. See, Daniel purposed in his heart long before he got to the temptation. Daniel purposed in his heart before he left Judea how he was going to respond when he got to Babylon. Now that's what's wrong with some of our young folk. They haven't settled that little deal until, until the situation comes up and it's too late. Girls, you just need to decide what you're going to keep, what you're going to give away. You boys need to learn. If you ask the girl to do something she don't want to, you are permitted to slap his jaws. Amen. 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 You parents need to decide what you're going to allow your kids to do when they get 16, 17. Because it's a lot different when they're two and three. You know, I've been telling Brother Ben, he needs to get a haircut. How old is he? He's five months. When Brother Ben came into this world, he was unscriptural. He had long hair. And I've been telling his mama, get that boy a haircut. He couldn't even go to Joshua Christian Academy with his hair that long. Amen. Now, come on. Let's have a good time. And I just said to you, Daniel said, I'm sorry, I'm not going to do that. Daniel said, no, sir, I can't do that. Why? Because it was a preference when he left Babylon. I mean, when he left Judea. It was a preference. But when he got to Babylon, it was a conviction. Do you have any convictions about anything? This next year, you need to have some convictions about do's and don'ts. Because those convictions... 
will determine how you come out of 2013. Daniel was not an accident. He was threatened with a lion's den. Now, I'm sure. I I am absolutely sure. That would have wreaked havoc with my preferences. (laughs) Now, I'm a fundamental Baptist from top to bottom. But if that king had said, if you don't start wearing shorts, I'm going to throw you in that pit. I'd say, just give me them to you right now. And I can't help everybody lusting after these stumps sticking out down here. Bless God, I don't care. I am going to wear shorts instead of throwing in that lion's den. If somebody said, now, preacher, if you don't let your hair grow down above your ears and look cool, I'm going to throw you in that lion's den. I said, you're looking at the coolest guy in town. There's just some preferences I'm going to give up before I jump in that lion's den. Please, you need to understand this. We're not talking about a preference on Daniel's part. We're talking about a conviction. A heartfelt purpose that he had from God. All the power of purpose. Well, preacher, I I just cannot quit if you find a purpose big enough. That's all it takes. It's a purpose big enough. I should have never let my wife get her toting card. Yeah, came in the mail the other day. She showed it to me. She said, you better stay straight. She reached back here and pulled out that 357. Said, you see that? She put purpose in my life. (laughs) There ain't nothing you can't do with purpose. And there's nothing that can undo you if you have purpose. Could I give you a purpose? Honoring Jesus Christ. Do you have purpose? There's power. Wonder working power. In purpose. God forbid. That we shouldn't dishonor our Lord. In 2000. And 13. Romans 9 and 11. That the purpose of God. Might stand. Romans 8 28. The verse that we quote. Every time somebody else is in trouble. We quote it when somebody else. Is in hardship. We quote it when somebody else's mate dies. We quote it when somebody else's kid makes a mistake. We quote it when it fits everybody else. For all things work together for good to them that love God, 
Listen, those who are called according to his purpose. God had a purpose for Daniel being in Babylon. God had a purpose for Joseph being in Egypt. God had a reason for Paul being in the Philippian jail. And there's nothing happened to this man this not last year that was not God's purpose. And there won't be anything that happened to this guy next year. Because all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. Those that are called according to his purpose. You know, experts tell us that this time of year, that the the fortune tellers and palm readers are busier at this time of the year than any time of the year. Because everybody wants to know the future. You know, I just wonder why that most fortune readers and palm readers and fortune tellers I've ever seen is renting some little old shack beside the road with a little bitty sign saying, if you want to know the future, come and tell me. If they know it, why don't they invest in the stock market? If they know it, why don't they buy the one lottery ticket that Whammy's going to do? And everybody's wanting to know the future. Buddy, I do not want to know the future. I'm having enough trouble with the present. Amen. How would you like to know how you're going to die and when it's going to happen? I don't want to know. No, sir, I want it to be a surprise to me and everybody else around me. I want him to say, suddenly. He just killed over. And if I do it while I'm preaching, please, Jim will just come on and take over and preach it right. Jim, you know my notes, right? No, he just, no, he just. Let's do some inventory, all right? Let's do some inventory. Well, it's 10 minutes till 12, and that's wonderful. Let's do for inventory of last year. What worked? Just go back all year long. What worked? What made her happy? What made her smile when you came home? What worked? What worked? The investment you made. What worked? You say, I didn't make any investments. Well, that didn't work. (laughs) Most of you are investing in Visa, Visa, and Versa, right? Come on now, say amen. Say amen. What worked? If we have any sense at all, we ought to look back and say, that worked. That didn't work. That's what we do here. Our staff planning, each year, we just sit down and say, this worked, and this worked, that was a bomb, that didn't work. Well, we're not going to do what didn't work last year. You said, but I liked it. We're not going to do it. Listen to me. We are not going to do it. It didn't work. Okay. What did work? Have you even looked back over this year and said, wow, that was a winner. 
Wow. We need to do that again next year. That really worked. What worked? What didn't work? I think you just, boy, this is deep. I know you need to really get a hold of this. You need to survey what you have. What do you have that you, what's your potential? What, what, what have you got to invest either financially, emotionally, spiritually, physically? That left me out, right? Now look, what worked, what didn't work, what do you got right now? Listen, what are you planning on doing with it? Some of you guys got health. And you're going to waste all that in the devil's business. And then when you finally get so broke down, you can't hardly move. You're going to crawl into the house of God and say, I surrender all. It's like eating the corn and giving God the cob. What do you got? What are you going to do with it? Well, I'm going to serve God when I get around to it. If you don't do it now, you won't do it then. Amen. So you need to have some purpose in your heart. You need to have some conviction, not preference. You need to have some holy conviction that number one, God is real. Amen. Or he's not. And if he's not, I wouldn't show up at church or give one dime to a God that is not. But now if he is. I said, if he is, I said, if he is, if he is real, and if he is concerned about you, then you might ought to get concerned about him. Because if there is a God that stepped out on the ledge of nothing eons ago and spoke and all the worlds came into existence immediately. If there is a God like that and he died on the cross for your sins, you think he's going to let you get away what you're doing? What have you got? What are you going to do with it? It's important how we enter this next year. Jim and myself and the staff, every year, We look at what works and what didn't work. And what works, we we try to just start all over again every year. And do what works. And disregard what did not work. And we just start all over, a brand new every year. Only we try to start with more people. Just doing the basics. Out of conviction. Not going to change. The Bible says meddle not with them that are given to change. Because God don't ever change. If sin was sin 2,000 years ago, it's a sin today regardless of what Hollywood may think. Or whatever contemporary preacher might think. Or whatever church might think. If it was wrong Ago, it's wrong today. If it's right, it's right today. If it works, it'll work still. 
So we need conviction. We need purpose for the coming year. And may I say to you, I'd like to encourage you. Don't leave next year to chance. Don't leave 2013. Well, just whatever comes will come. Don't, 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 don't leave your life like that. Don't leave 2013 to accident. Bless your heart. Don't allow others to determine your outcome. Don't do it. Kids, don't do it. Have purpose in your heart. You're going to please God. You're going to stand for God because God will stand for you. And if you will honor God, God will bless you. It goes all the way across the table. And I just believe that Joseph down in Egypt, God had a purpose for him being there. And he said in Genesis chapter 50, talking to his brothers, Fear not, fear not, for I am here, listen, in the place of God. I bet when he was in the dungeon, he didn't feel it was the place of God. I bet when his brothers were selling him into slavery, he did not think, It was the place of God. (coughs) There is a place. (coughs) You know, Jim, move his foot. (coughs) Oh, then I start coughing.
2013 to do what is right. Purpose always motivates. Watch this afternoon if RG3 plays football. That kid... Did you want me to pat my chest? Is that what you want, Brother Pete? Do you think RG3 is an accident, just an absolute phenomenon? All that kid's life, he's had a purpose. You watch these guys, they play football, basketball. Do you think Dirk is an accident? No, I think... Any German that tall is a freak. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Think about now. Think with me. Don't, don't let your mind go, go silent like you're watching Roadrunner and Coyote. Think about purpose in your life. What is your purpose in 2000? And 13. You have a God-given purpose in 2013. And it's not how much beer you can drink, how much dope you can smoke, how much money you can spend, how far in debt you can go, how many women you can ruin, or how many men you might ruin. It is not God's purpose for you. You need a purpose because a purpose will motivate each of us to do that which is right. It wasn't just 40 some years ago that I was wandering around in this world without any purpose. Work all week, take your paycheck, cash it. Go to Oklahoma, bet on everything that you can imagine, buy some booze, throw a benny or two in that old crow, and then come back home broke. So I start again on Monday, <laughs> working again till Friday, till I get that paycheck I can cash, take off to the beer joints, off to the cockfights. Off to somebody else's fight. Into my fight. Then, thank God, I got to start all over Monday. And I got to work six more days so I can get another check. And go fulfill this great dream I have. Of nothing. And then, a soul winner walked in my house on Thursday night, he just walked in my house and said, Gene, if you died today, you know for sure you'd go to heaven. Dear God, I knew I wasn't going to heaven. If I was going to heaven, why did God have a hell? And I said, man, if I were to die right now, I'd spit hell wide open. When I said that, Man, just an empty death chill came over me. I am going 
to hell. So that night I got saved. Got gloriously from the top of my head to the tip of my toes. Born again. Yeah. Now I don't know why, but when I went to work the next day, it was my place of business. I was the boss. I was signing the checks. Those dirty pictures that I'd put on the walls all them days, they just didn't look as attractive to me that day. For some reason, I don't know, I hadn't read any Bible. I hadn't gone to cemetery or none of that stuff. It just them in pictures, they just lost their attraction. And if some of you guys still got attraction to that stuff, I'm going to give an invitation. Man, you come and get saved. You say, well, I got saved. No, 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 Donald. Not if them preachers still attract you, you didn't get saved. You doubt my salvation? Yeah. By their fruits, you shall know them. And then at lunchtime, they started getting a poker game out, getting the cards out. I said, fellas, somehow or another today, I don't think, I don't think we'll be playing poker anymore. Why? I have no idea. I got saved last night. I don't know what that is. But somehow or another, I just don't think I ought to be shuffling them cards anymore. And there's been no more poker games. You say, well, what? What gave you the power to do that? My signature on their checks. And something got a hold on me. And God put a purpose in my life that night, not to be my own man, but to be his man. And that is a conviction, folks. That's not a preference. Are you missing that purpose in your life? Because that purpose will motivate you through the entire year of next year. To do what God wants you to do. Secondly, I, I must hurry. I've said that several times. Purpose will keep your priorities right. Purpose will keep your priorities right. Do you control your priorities or are your priorities controlling you? Priorities. Yeah. He said, I will not do that because eating that stuff is not at the top of my priority list. My priority is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And for me to do that, it would be violating my priorities. And please, may I help you? It's easy to let your priorities slide. The flesh is alive. The world's alive. The devil is alive. It's easy to let those pass by. And I'll tell you, 2013 will be filled with a lot of stuff that will defile you, defile your home, wreck your kids, get you out of church. And if you don't have a heartfelt purpose, you will violate those priorities. Thirdly, purpose will help you develop your potential. See, just another chapter over, 
and I read. Daniel is not making the choice now. He says in verse 46 of chapter 2 of Daniel, Then the king Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and worshipped Daniel. (laughs) The king worshipping the kid. Is that different or what? Now, who in the world do you think brought that to pass? Not Daniel. God did. And because of Daniel's priorities, now Daniel has been promoted by God himself. Verse 47, the king answered unto Daniel and said, Of a truth it is that your God is the God of gods and a Lord of kings and a revealer of secrets, seeing thou couldest reveal this secret thus, Then the king made Daniel a great man and made him ruler over the whole providence of Babylon. A purpose will help you develop your potential. For instance, I guess you've seen we got buses all over the parking lot. We had a little boy ride those buses for years and years and years and years. This little boy would go to camp with us every year. And he'd always preach in a preaching contest. And while Andrew was preaching, he always got second place. Then Andrew graduated from school, went off to Bible college. This little bus kid... Then started winning first place. This little bus kid walked down the aisle one day and said, God has called me to preach. God has called me to preach. Mama don't come to church. Daddy don't come to church. Sister don't come to church. Nobody comes to church. He has come to church because he loved Jesus. And God called him to preach one day. Put purpose in his life. This summer... He will graduate from West Coast Baptist College. He'll be coming home because he has purpose in his life. In my office the other day, I said, Brother James, you still want to go to Japan as a missionary? He said, I sure do. He said, that's where God's going to send me, to Japan, to be a missionary. Purpose. You know why you're so in and out, up and down, flip-flopping has always been that way. You have no purpose. You just got preferences. You, you know nothing about conviction. A conviction, a purpose, a God-given purpose will help us develop our potential for God. Whether it's a preacher or whether it's a lawyer, I think about our church attorney. He's not a very good attorney. He's just a good friend. I'm so proud of, I'm so proud of Brother Adam, raised in this church, worked the bus ministry and his wife for years. Went to school. Now he's an attorney, a Christian. He's got to get to a Christian attorney. That's almost a paradox. <laughs> kind of like an honest preacher. That's almost hard to find. But a purpose, 
Now he's an attorney, but he's a Christian attorney. You understand that? A purpose will motivate us. A purpose will help us keep our priorities right. And a purpose will help develop our potential. This church is loaded with potential. I mean absolutely loaded with potential. Potential that needs to be developed for God. All you need is a reason. All you need is a purpose. All you need is a reason to serve God. Man, what could you be for God? You say, I don't care. That's right. You won't care next year. And you won't care next year. But what could you be for God with a heartfelt purpose? And lastly, a purpose will help you live in the present. Regardless of what's going on in your life, it'll help you live for the present. Daniel was in prison and in captivity. And he said... I'm going to purpose in my heart to live for God no matter how difficult it might be. Because this purpose will help develop my potential for God. Paul in a prison wrote, looking out the window at the man sharpen his axe to behead him the next day. And he looked out the window and said, My God shall supply all that I need. When I lay my head on that chop block, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. Because I can do all things. How? Through Christ, which strengthens me. In 2013, I promise you, it'd be a better year if you just entered it with a God-given purpose. And keep that purpose all year long. And let God develop that potential in you for Him. Preacher, I'm too old to be developed. Well, Moses was 80 before he ever hit a lick. Joshua was 120 years old. And the Bible said that his strength did not abate. Old Joshua could still run the 100 yard dash and 10 flat at 120 years old. Abraham had a kid at 110. <laughs> Buddy, that took more than purpose. That took an idiot. And Sarah had a child when she was a hundred. Purpose. Purpose. Just get you a God-given purpose. Stick to it. It'll help you all year long.